bureaucracy's basement to your ears. This is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Tonight, improvement vector candidates, innovative revenue tools, outstanding improvements, city hall shenanigans, all that and more. This meeting is now in session. Hello. Greetings. Happy day. Happy, happy September 1st day. Yeah, and first day of school, too, for all of those uh, kids who listen to our show out there in uh, Radioland. Uh, hope you yeah. enjoyed your first day at school. I, I hope they did. Uh, they they actually took away my kids when I got this job because they, they ruled <laughs> me to be an unfit parent. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. That's sad. But you have such a, you know, you have a re responsible position with the municipality, I would think, that they'd give you extra kids. They, you, well, they tried. They tried to give me extra kids, but uh, I lost them. So, you know, they said they wouldn't oh, make that mistake again. Yeah, fair enough. I do not know what I'm talking about right now <laughs> at all. So maybe we should move on to the uh, agenda, which uh, oh. I think we usually start with attendance. Yes, we do. Uh, yeah. And and. Since the beginning of man of time, mankind has started meetings with attendance, and today is no exception. Uh, so the first uh, person attending is uh, we have a Cleep Howden. Cleep Howden. Cleep Howden. Cleep Howden. Yes. Yeah. He's uh, was born eighteen fifties in Montana. Mm -hmm. uh, even though he had no arms, he became one of the world's biggest rodeo stars. Really? Yeah. So um, very what excited. was his? What was his? Was he chuck wagon guy or a, a bucking bronco guy? He was more like a lasso guy. Oh, really? Yeah, he would lasso the calves. with his toes or his teeth. No, he had, no, no. He he had hands. He just didn't have arms. It, oh, you know, okay, yeah. I see. So, so kind of a homestar thing going on. There, yeah, right? a little bit. Yeah. Well, actually, they were just kind of like on his shoulders. Right. You, know, you get the idea. Yeah. But I, there's one thing I can't figure out, like how he could be like uh, attending the meeting. Because uh, Cleep Howden actually, as far as I know, died in 1905. Mm. He was he was murdered in Boise by a woman named Dior Angman. Really? Yeah. Huh. Coincidentally, is the other person attending the meeting tonight. Oh, gosh. I hope they're not coming here to work out their differences, because uh, that would too. make for a really fiery meeting. But, uh, you know, the weird thing is, the closer I look at the names, mm -hmm. the more I think I may have made a mistake. Uh if you rearrange Cleep Howden, it spells uh, Paul Duchesne. Oh, that's me. Uh, excellent. Okay. And I've so never had anything to do with the rodeo, Mercy. Oh, okay. And I believe Dior Angman, if uh, I realize I've mixed up the letters, it should be Aiden Morgan. Oh, and that is you. Okay, good. Phew. Okay. Good. Uh, yeah, I was a little bit that. worried about yeah. uh, tonight's meeting there for yeah. a second. I didn't want, like, zombified rodeo stars. No way. That was a here. really elaborate mistake I made. That there. was. Oh, man. Yeah. Jeez. Um, well, I hope uh, we have some guests here. We tonight. do. I believe we have two actual, we have two improvement vector candidates. Good. Yeah. Good, good. Hi. Um, so, and <laughs> you are. We, so, okay. We've got Asfa Debya. Hi. Hey. I'm Asfa Debya. Hey, Asfa. <laughs> Hello. And we've got uh, David Chapados. Hi. Hey. And according to I this... Think I think it's Chapados. Oh, my God. Did I say it wrong? It's a tricky one. Okay. Chapados does so it. really Chapados. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, you guys apparently are running in the municipal election in October. I understand. Uh, Asfa, you're running in uh, Ward 4? Yes, that's correct. And David, you are running in Ward 8. Yes. Cool. Um, well, welcome to uh, welcome to the sub basement. Um, 
I hope we gave you the the less damp of our chairs to sit in. And uh, <laughs> I guess they're just fine. Good. Oh, good. I'm enjoying sure. it. Okay, good. Good. Ceiling's a little leaky, but. It, it is true. You know, we, we've talked. We've talked to the janitors about it. You know, six to eight months to get it fixed. Yeah, that's yeah. how it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess where we should probably start is, uh, you know, considering uh, you guys are running the election, uh, ASFA. Um, why? Why would you want to give up a whole big chunk of your life over the next like month and a bit uh, to running in a municipal election? You know, I. Ask myself that question over and over. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I did once, and uh, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, ten years ago, I tried once, and one I learned a few things and took a good break, and now you know, come back at it to this time to make a difference. The only reason I I'm running is you know, the city, the way it's being. Uh, where it's heading nowadays, there is lack of transparency um, at every level and things they, that are taking places. I have served on uh, crime prevention committee at the city, and um, before I, I was around there for almost 12, 13 years. At the beginning, the committee used to have some input. In the last two, since the last two election, that has changed. You know, they don't need grassroots input, or um, that's why you, you know, if you see recently the crime prevention, the crime rate is going up, hmm. which came down at at one point. You know, first when I started. Uh, uh, Chief Johnston, he was really an inspirational. That's one of the reasons I was involved in that area of community participation. He made a big difference by engaging all level, all types of all sorts of community and commun- bringing community policing into the mix. Now, that is lost, and at this level. When, when you see on, in, in city in general, things are not really on the right track. So I want grassroots transparency to be back in, in the city hall and to contribute to at whatever level I can contribute. All right. Um, the Crime Prevention Committee, I know that a lot of the uh, advisory committees have uh, they've been uh, put on hiatus while a, an advisory committee review is conducted. Is the Crime Prevention Committee even meeting right now or is it... Uh, actually, uh, we we were asking qu- more questions because um, for the last two uh, council after the, these uh, two current councils were elected, we were just going and listening to the chief's report and eat sandwich, and we are not <laughs> we don't have any input at all. <laughs> so we start asking questions: What's our role? In, in the past, we have planned, we plan, and we uh, interject things, you know, and uh, provide input what needs to be done. Um, we go out and seek information from community level and participation. But all that what was gone, and uh, finally they just said, you know, we want to reorganize the, all committees, and they suspend us, and we are not anymore actually right. on hold. We are. We don't know wh- whether we are still a committee 
or not. <laughs> right. So kind of a holiday. Yeah. Committee <laughs> <laughs> holiday. How about you, David? Why, why did you decide to, to give up part of your life to this? I decided to run because I've always been interested in politics and, you know, I figure what better way to get involved than actually go for it and try and make a difference in my own neighborhood. And I feel, you know, a lot of Ward 8 is a lot of young working families that are the same as me and I've always been big, really concerned about youth initiatives and that stuff. I've worked at the skate park volunteering with youth and lots of inner city kids and also to touch on what he said about the rising crime rates is you know a good solution would have been always you know get kids involved get them doing something get them busy you know this i worked at the indoor skate park for on and off 15 years and seen a lot of kids come and go and places like that make you know a pretty positive impact on a lot of youth and i feel that a lot of that initiative is missing and just swept under the rug and feel that you know the youth are the most important thing we have and it's the future and you know got to get them involved in sports keep them busy and keep them out of you know boredom which leads to trouble which leads to drugs and crimes and all that and you know i've seen a lot of kids turn around that came up from you know poorer or rougher backgrounds and turned into great kids and the positive impact places like that had on myself i wouldn't know where i would be without those kind of programs and I think it took my life in a really positive direction, and I'd like to, you know, really put that out and focus on that quite a bit. And I've also got a lot of family history in Regina. My great-grandfather was actually mayor twice in 1920, 1921, and again in the 1940s. Oh. City councillor for years, uh, at MLA as well. He was actually mayor when they first paved the streets in Regina, so got okay. quite a bit of a family history and legacy and would like to carry that on as well and right. see where I can go with it. You worked with the um, the uh, the skate park. Uh, skaters don't become politicians. No, there's a lot of politics involved for sure, <laughs> like a lot of a lot of talk and a lot of, you know, really open-minded outspoken types within the community for sure. Yeah. And I found myself and a position where, you know, I'm the one who's putting on contests, putting on events for kids, petitioning for skate parks, and somehow ended up as a community leader in that scene. For I know it sounds strange, but it's a it's a real thing. And uh, here I'd like to take it a step further and go for it, for sure. You know, there's definitely a lot of misconceptions about skateboarders. And, you know, right. like any group, there's bad apples and stuff. But... Yeah. Feel I'd like to turn that around. And Except politicians, there are no bad apples. There's no politics. bad apples. Exactly. Politicians, they're yeah, all exactly. all great people, good people, <laughs> best intentions for everybody. So, will you when you if you become councillor, will you campaign to have the city hall chambers turned into a skate park? Well, I'd like to go reasonable things off the bat. First term, they're probably not going to agree with me a whole lot, <laughs> but enough. you know, people tend to like me. I can win over almost anyone. I'm pretty confident. So. Because I'd like that. I'd actually go to more city council meetings. Or at least, you know, case. skate to work day. Stuff like that. I skateboard everywhere. I skate it to this interview or ride a bike. There's no, you know, Regina's a, a big enough city, but you really don't need to drive as much as people do for the most part. Like, it's pretty easy to get around. It's true. You know, there's beautiful bike paths. Mm -hmm. Asphalt? 
would you back this, uh, you know, if he was like your co-counselor, would you back this like uh, skateboarding in city council? Or do you have like another big, <laughs> do you have another big plan for the city? Or when are you, you like a unicycle around? That's that? one of uh, my, uh, what makes kids active is really what, what keeps them out of trouble. If you gave them a place to have their own like bike uh, trail, walking trail, not just for kids, even for all you know citizens that re- live in high-rising buildings. If they don't have you know walking red um, uh, trails, they become less active, less active, and then that leads to you know health problem, LC issue. So yeah. that's it's a, it's it's a, a win-win for activity. everybody for sure. Those are the things I really on my uh, campaign one of the issues because we need. You know, activity. The more you are active, the healthier you are as a community, as a society. For sure. Yeah, I feel like we're like building bridges in a future council already. Yeah, <laughs> I can see it. I can see it now. Yeah. Uh, so, what else do you have on? What else are you like shooting to uh, accomplish as far well if you uh, if like what, what's your like big issue that you're going on? Um, basically, you know, anything we do in community has to serve the community that is any project we we uh, envision should come back and say how would it enhance quality of life for people for the residents of uh, regina otherwise the project is useless it has to add value enhance quality of life to the people who live there it's just building for the sake of building what what is the point the other thing is, you know, <clears throat> in my neighborhood, one of uh, my the things I want to achieve is community garden. You know, around the creek there, you have we have a lot of open wide places. In the summer, if we can harvest, you know, community garden from there, imagine one people will be active doing things. Community come out together and enjoy. Plus, if we plant tree around there, it's a place of shade. People can like Wascana can enjoy for so many things. So there are many things we can do if we can bring people together. Even people will do it, and businesses we can in- engage them, and we can turn that place into something, you know, nice, and as well as contribute to the community in many ways. Right. Sorry, did you oh, have something I was add? just going to say for sure the garden's great. I'm a big gardener too. I have yeah. a garden. I absolutely love it. Never thought I would, you know, something I would be into. Yeah. And uh, the house we ended up moving into and buying in uh, our ward, the person we bought it from had a beautiful garden set up. So right. I just kind of kept going with it. And it's great. You're outside. Mm. You have good, healthy food. You know where it came from. Yeah. I think community gardens are super important. We lost a really good one across from CBC on Broad a couple of years yeah. ago with that. Yeah. And that was a beautiful space. And there should be one of those in every area. Yeah. Well, you know, we've heard about community gardens, but because we're at the Queen City Improvement Bureau and 91.3 CJTR Regina Community Radio, um, we uh, we don't get out of the basement that much. So, yeah, that's if, you know, if you, guys, a while. Yeah, if you guys could bring us some produce, that we'd really appreciate <laughs> that. I could bring you some. I have... I, I forgot I could have brought you some tomatoes, you know. I oh, have man. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, as what you've run before, 
Uh, did you run in Ward Four as well? That would be you said ten before we came on. You were, you said like ten years ago. Yeah, I did in Ward One. Oh, okay. At that time, my own Mike by Bedem uh, died. I uh, replaced him. Right, right. And so you you live in Ward Four now, and that's where you're running. Yes. You're up against Brian Burnett. He's a you know one-term councillor. Uh, he uh, he took over from uh, Mayor Fougere when he vacated his seat, didn't he? Yes. To become mayor. Mm. Um, so, what's your feeling like? What are you doing? He's you know he's clearly like a you know a guy with like some political force behind him, a full term, known quantity in Ward One. Uh, what are you doing to like you know knock him off the pedestal? Uh, one of the reasons I have never heard from him or. People I talk to him uh, in the community. Uh, so far, I have never heard anybody who knows uh, uh, he, Brian Brunet uh, so far. Uh, plus, the only time I even saw anything from him is just be, uh, on, in July before uh, election, you know, finance cut off. They send out all these reports. This is like kind of a borderline campaign starting before campaign. Mm -hmm. uh, so that is kind of, you know, transparency, lack of transparency with public money campaigning ahead of time uh, is it, not a, a good way of um, spending my tax money. I, one of the things also I really want to come to is where all those tax monies are going. Uh, my, I'm a number guy. I want to see those numbers, how they add up. Right. What is your background, by the way? Uh, I have uh, <coughs> a, a degree in uh, my first degree is in management. Okay. And my so definitely a numbers guy. <laughs> <laughs> Masters uh, I did at UFR in business management. Okay, cool. David, you're going up against uh, Ward 8's Mike O'Donnell. Yes. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, three term councillor Mike O'Donnell. An yeah. unstoppable yeah. tank of city politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, intimidated? Um, no, He's, not in no? the slightest. Really? No, no. There's no reason to be intimidated. Yeah. Win or lose, it's you know, try again if I don't make it. And yeah. Good for him if he wins, and good for me if I win. But and I guess you're on a skateboard, so you can you know conceivably get to more doors to knock at. Oh, for sure. Than he Definitely. could on foot. <laughs> Definitely, I'm way faster, way more agile. <laughs> wouldn't have a chance in that department so if we were like american ninja warrior again, you'd be same better. what aswa said i've never seen him you don't i you know don't see him around or as much as you know a letter in the mailbox or anything like hey meeting tonight or i'm having a public barbecue would like some community response these are the things coming up mm -hmm. what are my constituents concerns you know mm. so I would like to open up that door a lot more in public consultation. That process seems to be really quick or unadvertised and just, you know, there was. We just didn't tell anyone. No one showed up, so we're going ahead with the project. Right. So I'd like to open that up a lot more and public input. Like, the city is all of our cities, not just the interests of the couple people at the top. And I'd really like to make a strong point of that and getting the community involved and people's opinions whether they're the same as mine i agree or not a good idea is a good idea and mm -hmm. should be listened to um okay just to add one point oh, sure. this, Please do. one of uh, my really focus is to uh 
I told you that uh, numbers are my uh, passion. So one of my focus is to gather, you know, sense, uh, sense, sense <laughs> uh, information from people so that I will, you know, put on Facebook or through websites. I gather, you know, I normally do focus group uh, when I do uh, other things in my, my real job. So that's the kind of feedback and bring direct transparency and direct democracy from people to the city hall. 100%. For sure. So in the last election, we had the debate around the stadium and the financing of that. We also had questions about how we're going to, like, fund things like the wastewater treatment plant. Uh, There were some, like, really big issues. Plus, there was, like, you know, this big gaping hole. We didn't have a mayor, an incumbent mayor for that election. So there were, like, some big uh, issues that the city had set up going into that election. What do you think the council has done, uh, this current council in their last four years? What do you think they've done that you guys, I don't want to say running against, but what is it that you are going to be, uh, what, what project or uh, action that they've done that you're really sort of like keen to point a finger at as well? You know, for me, one of the key things, what they haven't done is when they wanted something for P3, they consult, they spent thousands of our money. Where is that kind of feedback questioning from public on issues that directly impact day-to-day life? That's the kind of if they if that is good for P3, it has to be good for everything the decisions they make. So that's the kind of honest transparency that I'll bring to City Hall if I get a chance to be there. Right. David, was there anything over the last term that really stuck out for you? Well, again, with the water treatment plant, I live in Ward 8, so the smell from it previously was, you know, there'd be days if the wind's blowing the right way that it smelled like your house was directly beside the creek. Mm. And... You know, with all funding for the stadium, definitely an expensive project and all that. But I remember getting a pamphlet in my mailbox that said, you know, due to the heat, there's been a large algae bloom and that's about the smell. And just kind of playing it off that it wasn't, you know, in the decaying, we need a new water treatment plant type situation. We need a new stadium. So again, transparency was a huge deal. And with the stadium, too, we lost... I guess it would be one of my personal interests, but the indoor skate park, which is, was a successful nonprofit for over 15 years, was in the Heritage Building, which was knocked down for the new stadium. And uh, been working with the city a little bit on trying to get, you know, a new building, but we can't get a budget increase. And it feels like, you know, one of the best youth programs in the city was completely swept under the rug. And instead of getting kids out to get involved in sports and playing sports and being active, we you know, increase the size of the seats, not even the stadium capacity, and just be right. complacent in the situation of non-activity and people being out of shape. Yeah, cool. Yeah. All right. Um, well, thanks for that, guys. Uh, yeah. Aiden has been doing the tabulation on uh, how you guys ranked on our uh, uh, improvement vector quiz. Uh, Aiden? It's a complicated rubric, um, but I'm pretty sure that uh, you both qualify. Uh, so what I've got here for you both, just make sure I've got the right ones, are uh, certificates for improvement vector candidates. I'll pass one over to Asfa there. Oh, thank you. I'll oh, be I framing that. Oh, yep, suitable <laughs> for framing. 
There you go. I'll put and it on my Facebook. Uh, awesome. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to sign those before you uh, before you leave. Beautiful. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, we have Manila envelopes too. I thought we would just you have can, one. You can actually and keep the Manila envelope. I'll need, I mean, this I'll need is, one. Yeah. They're nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, well, uh, thanks a lot for coming down, guys. Yeah, Did uh, you guys go to the council us. meeting on on Monday? I was not at the one on Monday. <gasps> As far, were you at the council meeting on Monday? Honesty. No. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Guys, it was a big council meeting. It was. Uh, in the second half of our meeting, we'll be talking about that council meeting, and you're both, uh, you know, you're both welcome you're to stick welcome around. welcome to stick around, yeah. Definitely. If you have, like, some thoughts on that. But uh, I think we're going to move on to the next item in our agenda. Which I believe is innovative revenue tools. Yeah, that's where we look at ways for the city to improve its bottom line by uh, uh, innovating some revenue with a with, tool with, with of tools. some kind. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes, all kinds yeah. of tools for revenue that innovates. Yeah. Uh, well, this one um, I noticed. Well, uh, in accordance with uh, Memo EX uh, 1620, uh, because we broadcast our meetings on on the radio, we're actually supposed to have a trigger warning for any objectionable or controversial content. Really? Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, but I thought I I'd be that. I thought I'd be a little bit and it's not like a this often trigger warnings that you often hear about. But this is more for, you know, if we play recordings of counselors, you know, saying stuff in council that, you know, Oh, some more appropriate yeah, to our yeah, exactly. meetings. Yeah. Within our within our wheelhouse. Right. Um so but I thought to myself, instead of like having a warning uh, for potential triggers, I rigged up an electromagnet and I went through all our content and it just plucked all the triggers out. Really? Yes. So A, we've got like non-objectionable content now uh -huh. and B, I've got like a big bucket full of triggers. Like a one of those like big, like former like, you know, laundry buckets, which so, I've stored in the closet. It's next to the leopard food. Okay, now I'm yeah. sure I don't want to trip over that because that not. would be a very triggering fall. Yeah, yeah it would be. Exactly. And the yeah. floor would be full of triggers. You have to pick yeah. them all up. But and I'd be rolling around so offended. <laughs> exactly. So I think I think now we've got this bucket of uh, surplus triggers, we should uh, just sell them off. Oh, yeah. yeah. For how much do you think you could get for a trigger? Like a nickel a piece? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. A nickel a trigger. Yeah, a nickel a trigger straight from the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Yeah. This I might actually just buy a whole bunch of them and roll around. And you, you might. I'm well, you so know, offended, and yet I like it. So. <laughs> Triggers for, like, all the weapons that people have. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Oh, this is not as, this is not as money-making a tool as the time we suggested everybody run for city council. No, in, I guess the there city. isn't that. Yeah. yeah. But and I should know that that really hasn't caught on. The, the list of council candidates is not long. No, no. Just think like a hundred non-refundable dollars for if everybody in the city yeah. ran for city council. would be rich. Okay. Well, if uh, none of our ideas, none of our ideas seem to be catching on, but fortunately we have a few more here that we can play. Awesome. Hey, this is Dan Shire with Queen City Pride, and you're listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Well, that's it for innovative revenue tools for another meeting. Those were so much more innovative than my trigger. My trigger. I don't know. I don't know if anything could be more innovative than that uh, trigger warning innovative <laughs> revenue tool. <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways... Um, Next up on the agenda, we've got outstanding improvements. And as I alluded to in the first half of the meeting, there was a council meeting this week that was rife 
with improvements right. that were outstanding. Oh, that sounds like our, the very section of the show that we're going to be yep. talking about now. Yeah, but I thought I would start off um, talking about uh, the sort of like one of the first big outstanding improvements that came up. But um, I thought you might enjoy it if I turned it into a bit of a game. I always enjoy games. Enjoy games. Excellent. Okay, so what I'm going to play now is uh, a little excerpt from the council meeting, and the goal here is to guess that delegation. And all I'm going to give you is a little bit of the introduction, the mayor's introduction to the upcoming delegation. And from what the mayor says, you have to figure out who it was that he's talking about. Are you ready? Okay. Move to uh, next delegation. This is uh, interesting to see you coming in this side of the podium. For the purposes of uh, the report tonight, can you identify who you represent? And you have five minutes for your presentation and maybe questions of council afterwards. Can you stand up, please? <laughs> oh, you are. Sorry. Okay. okay. Any ideas who that that poor delegate was that the uh, the mayor was uh, giving uh, grief about for being short? Uh, well, I wasn't there. Oh, so, <laughs> so it wasn't you. wasn't me. As for David, any ideas who that might have been? That's oh, a tough one. I yeah. Know. It was As it... former Mayor Pat Fiaco. No way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so he had showed up to as a delegate for the first time he was in city council, and he was working that day. Surprise. And... Um, he was there representing uh, the Four Horse Development Limited, and uh, oh. they were there. They're partnering with uh, the Sacame First Nations, and they were there asking for water access agreements and a fire service agreement with the city of Regina uh, because they have some land to the west actually in yep. Ward 8. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, actually near Ward 8 because Sacame First Nations is separate. It's, it's outside. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, But, yeah, so that's what they were coming there for, because they've got a plot of land that they're going to be turning into a business park, and it will be starting off as a – the first things that they want to build there are a gas station and a uh, Tim Hortons, and eventually there will be a hotel and some other uh, commercial enterprises there. And this is right between the new neighborhood of Westera and the uh, Global Transportation Hub. And Fiaco, as a member of uh, Four Horse Developments, who are actually doing the development itself, right. was there to like you know talk about how this is going to be um, this project will be giving jobs to First Nations people, and uh, it's going to be a really great sort of like economic boon for this uh, land that hasn't really been used for a whole heck of a lot, uh, you know, connected to the city just yet. And so the city uh, was unanimously in favor of uh, providing water and fire services to that land uh, to. Uh, uh, to, so this uh, pr- uh, development could go forward. Sorry, I'm tripping over my words there. So yeah, and so that so, was that was so Pat Fiaco. So Pat Fiaco is is short. Is this is this what this yep. joke's about? Yeah, that was what the joke was about. Um, oh, right there. Yep. I guess he's just put eye level for you. It's pretty much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never noticed. Uh, foolish me. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So that was that was kind of the first the first big event at uh, council on Monday was uh, that agreement going ahead. Um, the but probably the most controversial and the thing that's received the most uh, press in the days following was a land transfer that uh, took place. The Finally, the scourge of trees in Wascana Park is over. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, 
all that land that we have clinging to the uh, the, the the hem of the the city's skirts, we were able to like, dust some of that off. Finally, finally, tidy ourselves up um, of all of that awful land. Um, what the city debated at the meeting was uh, 2.6 acres of land, transferring that to the University of Regina. Uh, the fair market value for that land would be $3.9 million. Um, and the university would then take that land and it would use that so that Connexus, the uh, credit union, could build a three-story office tower. Well, I guess three stories isn't really a tower so much as a building a bunker, a bunker an office bunker an office bunker a fortified <laughs> office bunker yeah um and there'll be a, approximately 80,000 square feet in there and that will be the head office for Connexus. um this would help the university with their college avenue campus renewal campaign uh the the college avenue campus is in a bit of trouble uh they've had some engineering work done on it and the uh the university is saying that due to a lack of maintenance over the years the conservatory building and the gallery building are just the basements are collapsing and they can't be saved they're saying and the you, this partnership with connexus they will be able to leverage the development of this office tower to help with the redevelopment of the parts of the College of Campus that can be saved. So basically the main building there and Dark Hall and the redevelopment of Dark Hall has already begun. The Connexus building will be on the city land, which is just to the west of the College Avenue campus. And it will sort of lie at an angle that there are no designs yet because they didn't have land to build designs for. And it will wrap in behind Dark Hall where there will be an atrium that will also provide accessibility access into Dark Hall. Um, yeah, so that was that's kind of the plan where it sits right now. And the city was debating whether or not to donate that chunk of land, which is to the west of College right. Ave campus, to this project. So. Do they have names for this chunk of land? I'm thinking Mess of Pottage would be a great name. That's for a pretty it. good name. So they could like you know, yeah. you know, give this land this Mess of Pottage to like keep up the university's birthright. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I, I like that. I've yeah. got nothing better actually than Mess of Pottage. <laughs> Meso-pottage? Meso-pottage. There were objections raised. Uh, there were a lot of delegations that came forward to speak for a very, 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 very long time. Um, and only our friend Judith Barisak from the Regina Downtown Business hey. Improvement District came out to speak against this project uh, on behalf of the uh, Downtown BID. And Councillor Fraser was also the one councillor who voted against it. And I've got a little bit of Councillor Fraser here. Uh, talking about his reasons for why he objected to this project, and I will play that for us. Let's give it a listen right now. Uh, there's really two concerns here as far as what actually is before us here tonight. One is about our office policy. Mrs. Uh, Verisic mentioned that uh, when office um, economics are left to their own, uh, organically what happens is, is sprawl. We know that. We had generation, sorry, decades of that here in Regina and lots of other Canadian mid-sized cities. It's the same concern, that offices boot it to the suburbs because land's cheaper in the suburbs. We've had a policy here that worked. It talks about uh, 6%. Right now we're at 15% vacancy down, downtown. That's a big deal, folks. The boom the boom's behind us, unfortunately. 15% is two and a half times what the policy speaks to. So it's not something we should take lightly ever, and especially now when we're so, so high vacancy, I don't think it's something uh, that we should just give up on. There's currently 17 spots that could be developed in Regina's downtown right now, 17 miss missing teeth. And keep in mind that this, uh, this council right here has approved the new RRI, 
which is going to be a whole whack of new spots. It's about a third of the surface area of downtown we're going to bring on. It's a great opportunity, but if it's done right, it'll lead to a stronger downtown. And if it's done wrong, uh, boy, it's going to be a long time uh, where anybody's going to have a hard time building anything downtown. So we need to keep that in mind. And the second and bigger concern is about the actual park. As I mentioned, we're not just talking about grass or a few trees or green space. We're talking really about Regina's crown jewel. And ultimately, um, I know this has sort of been packaged that, you know, there's this huge big project, which ultimately, saving the campus, old campus, let's all agree. Again, if we can put both hands up, let's all put both hands up for saving the campus. That's great. We're really talking about 140 to $160 million project. And $8 million of that is for rights to build a commercial office space, which is a commercial office space, folks. It's 68% commercial space, 55,000 feet. It'll be one of the biggest office buildings, or among the biggest office buildings uh, in Regina. What we're really talking is about $8 million, almost half of which uh, is made up through the donation of public land that belongs to everyone in Regina, to leverage another $8 million. We're not talking about sinking the whole project. We're talking about a total of $16 million on a project that runs between 140 and 160. So in closing, I'll just uh, like to make a few more points. If Conexus wants to make a donation to the U of R, do it. You've done it before. You've done it at the Conexus Art Center, the, the Boathouse. There, there's so many good things you've you put money towards already. Uh, if you want to build an incubator, do it. There's so many good places where you could do that. But ultimately, we have a big decision here tonight. I think it is precedent. It's the first time that a strictly commercial space like this would be, would be built in Wascana Park, a park that the idea of it, dates right back to Walter Scott, folks. It dates right back to the origins of our city and our province. And tonight, there's a decision that uh, we get to decide. You know, progress is something about thinking about your future, but it's also something about respecting uh, the future that was for people before us. So with that in mind, uh, I'm not going to support this in any way, and I encourage you not to do the same. Thank you. So that was Councillor uh, Sean Fraser. Hold on. Did he say that he wants to support the future that was for people before us? Yes. There's some weird time travel mojo going on there. I don't know what it is yet. He is the master of time yeah. travel mojo. I think so. Yeah. Um, so the city uh, office policy in the OCP that he was talking about there basically says that if there is a vacancy rate of office space in the city over 6%, uh, no office space can be approved outside of the downtown. Um, oh, good. So that won't happen. Well, that's not exactly <laughs> what's happening. And that was why that was why the Downtown Business Improvement District came out to oppose this, because they see the downtown as having a lot of space that could be developed and they don't want to see the uh, deterioration of this uh of the office policy. Um another point that uh, Councillor uh, Fraser had brought up is that this isn't the only project being looked at in Wisconsin Park right now. The uh, Canadian National Institute for the Blind their building is also in dire straits, and they've been in talks with Brandt about either demolishing or renovating that building, making it much bigger, and putting Brandt office space into their space in the park, which is just to the south, I believe, of CBC. Yes. Yes. And um, the trick here is with the, with the College Avenue campus, we, the city actually owns land that Conexus wants to build on. With the CNIB build, the city owns nothing. That's all provincial land. It would be the Wisconsin Center Authority would be the sole decision maker in this. So it would never come to a council meeting. Nobody here would get a chance to like speak for or against it. Right. Um, and by allowing this to go forward, one could argue that we're signaling that we're okay with development in Wisconsin Park. Um, the other issue that he pointed out, though, is that 
there's the $8 million donation that part of it, $5 million of it is the land. Sorry, $4 million of it is the land. The rest of it is a donation from Conexus. Um, however, Conexus is building their, the buildings in the, the, the new office tower, the right. atrium, all of this. That's like 80 or more million dollars worth of stuff that they're basically going to be gifting in a way to the city. Or not to the city, sorry, to the College Avenue campus. So there's a lot to this project that won't go forward uh, beyond just the $8 million. And also this, the university is using that $8 million as matching funds for money the federal government is giving them, which I think is $20 million. Anyways, the mayor also spoke on this Natch. And I thought I would play a couple minutes of the mayor's response to uh, the issue of the office policy. Absolutely. So I'll put that on right now. But I want to talk a bit about the the official community plan because uh, I'm going to take a different tact on, on that. I I'm not I don't believe that we are in violation of that. Now, the spirit of it in, in the letter, perhaps. But I want to remind members of council and, and, and the public here that any vacancy rate over 6.5% downtown would mean we would not be approving any commercial space in other parts of the city. But there's another element to the two I want to talk about. In terms of floor space, 80% of that of the commercial space must be downtown. With this development going forward, with the report that we have before us is to believe, believe and I'm sure it's true, we'll have 82% still. So, yes, we have a, a big vacancy rate, but we have a dynamic growth in our city. We're seeing ebbs and flows of, of, of development that take place, but we're not ravishing the OCP in terms of office policy. We are not. We have the major tenants downtown, Mr. Black as well, who's invested significantly in downtown, his organization, um, are supportive of this. Why? Well, firstly, because it's on the fringe of the downtown, right on the downtown. It's also on the fringe of the park itself. It's not deep inside the park. If that was the case, if there was this application near the lake, if you will, I would say no, that wouldn't be a good idea. That would not be, not, wouldn't be helpful whatsoever. It's the synergy of being with the campus, next to the campus, that makes this real, makes this possible. No question about that. I think it's a great idea. This is a, a transformational idea. Council Donald talked about five years. I want to talk like 15, 20 years from now, what you see down College Avenue. You'll see a tremendous hub of activity, a vibrant area that will bring more people downtown, more people living downtown, more students downtown, more development downtown, a growth, dynamic place to be. I think this is great news. I hope members of council support this, and the message is very clear here. We're much better when we, we have partners together that have a vision for the growth of our city. Thank you. And that was Mayor Michael Fougere speaking yeah. about the land transfer to the University of Regina for their partnership with Conexus. And don't forget, we're, uh, we're the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. So I don't know. There were a lot of good points lobbed back and forth on this. Uh, as you know, the council voted almost unanimously in favor of the land transfer, so it is going forward. Uh, nothing you can do about that now. Um, however, you know, where I, I don't think it was, I, I don't think it's, I think it's a hard decision this one, whether or not to go forward. Uh, Asfa, David, do you guys? I think so, too. I think, you know, with the vacancy rate downtown, I've worked downtown for several years, over a decade. I've been, you know, a skateboarder, so I know the ins and outs of downtown for the past 
20 plus years and you know the all the improvements they've made over the past couple years have done nothing but make people want to go downtown less downtown is slower than it's ever been businesses are struggling more than they ever have been i've managed a local business on 11th avenue and worked there for years and you know you used to see tons of people on 11 people don't go outside of the area of cornwall scar street o'hanlon's because there's nothing going on it's empty it's vacant and scary i remember being you know a small kid skateboarding downtown all hours of the night not a worry but as a 33 year old man checking over my shoulder because there's nobody around for five blocks mm -hmm. anywhere and all that money all the office workers and all that stuff five o'clock they all leave downtown all that money leaves downtown and we need things that keep that money downtown if we're actually going to improve downtown you know whether it be different styles of bars restaurants and more of that and and Wascana Park is a beautiful place and you know to lose a section that's groomed and upkept like that I don't know I I would have to say I, I don't agree with it and as far as it being right by the lake like the mayor said is a pretty relative term of what you consider right by to be you know a couple more steps you're at Wascana pool you can see the lake from right there as far as I'm concerned it's pretty much right beside the lake yeah. uh, just to add to his point you know the power of money are eroding into our core values mm -hmm. in the naming of you know so many uh, things people normally used to do like um, Taylor Stadium was taken away for you know it's public money that builds those things you you, you throw in uh, a change and you take over the name those kind of like it, who is going to be you know in the future uh, who, people who did good for the community where are they, their name going to be ever mentioned mm -hmm. so we are losing really our real value as human beings being respected or recognized for good things they do in the same way like money is infringing in every aspect of our life and taking over instead of being recognized as human beings and respecting each other's value and doing business in certain areas where business should flourish. Yeah, and mm -hmm. recognizing individuals for yeah. it's very important, you know, it's mm -hmm. our city's heritage instead of just, oh, it's, a, you know, this is corporate headquarters, this, this is, you know, this business's stadium or that, and should be named after people who have done good things for the city. Right. Um, I do feel like I have to... Um, take exception with something you said, David. Um, okay. Just on behalf of uh, <laughs> Judith Verisek, who I'm sure is going to be like tweeting tweeting at us like loudly <laughs> about the vitality of downtown. Oh, um, um, you know, in that, you know, 11th Avenue now has, um, I mean, beyond just Norwood, it has uh, new shops. It's got a coffee shop down there. Yeah, Tiki Room. Uh, Tiki Room, yeah. With the new... Yeah. club there and Nodi's yeah. tenant down at yeah. Nodi's Prairie Cafe but also yeah. a point a funny point I'd like to make is that you know everyone well not everyone knows but 11th Avenue is a bus lane in the afternoon from mm -hmm. 3.30 to 5.30 and you know it's confusing for people a lot of tickets given out it's also a bus lane on 11th Avenue in front of all those new businesses hmm. yet no buses go down that street they all turn before that street oh that's a good point so yeah. you know yeah. just little minor things that could be done to make improvements that I know they want to 
keep some consistency across 11th on the board, mm-hmm. but a bus lane without any buses is just ridiculous. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. One, one thing really good that there is a good momentum in bringing businesses to downtown, and that incentive should go, continue to revitalize and build downtown so that it, it, you know, vibrant and stays that way. That way, you know, the city, people would can, you know, start living even downtown. People can take more buses. It's a number game. If there is no num- enough number, you can't build things around there. Mm-hmm. Right. So I take it you're both in favor of the office policy then that uh, sort of like forces people to build office space downtown? Definitely. Yes. There's, Definitely. Yeah. There's tons of space for it and downtown needs it. Yeah. 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 Aiden, you? Uh, I don't like uh, I don't like business development or natural spaces, so I, I I'm against all of it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I can see how that would be. Yeah, but you're in favor of bunkering. I'm in favor of bunkering and uh, actually just paving over the entire city, so we can just park anywhere we like. You know, that's the anywhere. thing. If we own some land in Wisconsin Park like this, we're so close to downtown, as they keep pointing out, is just across the street from downtown, could be parking. Or we could build a gigantic Muslim prayer hall. We could. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have like a, uh, a a documentary about the prayer hall that I think we should save for next meeting. Oh, fair enough. Because yeah, yeah. it would it's too long. Wow. So so my segue just is gone yeah. like unused there. Yeah. Sorry oh, about well, that, dude. That's all right. Yeah. We will. We will. I'll, I'll I'll bring the segue back for the next meeting. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we don't have enough time to talk about the prayer hall. No, issue, we don't. No. Which is a shame. I wanted to get into that. Yeah, yeah it's a huge thing. Um, just very, very briefly, there was a uh, there was a, a request to build a prayer hall in a strip mall in, uh, in Anasina Boynave and uh, in Ward 4, I think. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it did uh, it did go through. But we'll talk about that in more detail next week. Okay. Um, and, and the peacocks. And the peacocks. Yes. Yeah. Of course. We keep putting off talking about the peacocks. We've really got to get on that. Um, where do you guys... The, the thing, though, that seems to be a, like seems to be an intractable problem with the College Avenue campus and this development is just everybody wants to save the heritage buildings there. And the province isn't going to be coming through with any more money to save heritage buildings. They've kind of demonstrated that, that, you know, saving beautiful things is not their job. So... The the university is not going to be able to get extra funding, and they have been fundraising to fix this up, and they've managed to you know put aside some money to do Dark Hall, but there's a whole bunch of other buildings there, so yeah, where where do we go with this if we don't have, if we if we don't make a partnership, where are we going to like, how do we save these buildings? I think well you know maybe the ones, those ones can't be saved, but I think if the city was more on point on upkeeping bylaws that, you know, these buildings are upkept and maintained mm-hmm. before they're a complete disaster and have to be torn down, yeah. then, you know, maybe that's a better route we could take. Yeah. Again, though, this is like university land in Wisconsin yeah. Park. Like, the city mm-hmm. has no say over it. So. Yeah. But, the but pro- I mean, overall heritage buildings. Oh, sure. Yeah. Fair I thought that's where we were yeah. going. Oh, sorry. sorry. Uh, the province, uh, in general, you know, uh, haven't done much uh, when in the boom time. Mm-hmm. I don't know where, like actually, the boom was just landed and burst. As booms typically do. <laughs> yeah, because we didn't see anything really. Now they are going to sell off what our ancestors have built. Like people who built this 
uh, you know, for, they didn't have anything given to where to live when they built and all those good things. And now we are going to sell off and eat what they left behind. Yeah. We don't. We are not going to have even any legacy left. Yeah. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Okay. Well, you know, on that happy note. We should Yay. move on to the next, the last it's item on tonight's oh, agenda. The last item. There's more items. Yeah, there's okay. one last item. Um, I wanted to give out an award for the most incoherent question tonight. The most incoherent question at council. Very nice. Um, so not the most incoherent question during the meeting. Oh, no. Because most of our questions have been pretty incoherent. Yeah, no, fair enough. No, that, that award would always go to me. Um, <laughs> No, at council, uh, Councillor Young was on, uh, it was in our last meeting, yeah. uh, and she talked about how uh, she was bringing forward a motion to shift the focus of the residential road renewal program to the city's worst streets, because there are some streets in some neighborhoods, especially Ward 1, Councillor Young's Ward, where the asphalt is degraded to the point where it's practically just like a gravel road. Um, so she brought forward this motion. It seemed to get a lot of support at council. Um, but Councillor Flagel had some questions about it, and I thought I would play his question for, well, his second question for you guys. My other question to this in the, uh, is the, what I'll call the bottom up. Now we have areas that are, again, as I say, poor, 50, 20, 13, 15, but do we start from the 52 to make it 40? Or do we take all of the ones that are going from zero up and finish at 12, finish at 15, finish at 20, and finish at 52? Or is the program going to be set up to deal with the roads that are in a ward that has 50% of the roads bad, work to bring that number down while all the other roads in the city wait till 52 is down to 30? then everybody else gets a shot at it. Is it a bottom? It would have to go from bottom up in terms of taking the zero, clearing up the 12s, 13s. Everybody gets 12, 13 taken off their points. So some will be at zero, some will be at 30. How is that going to... That, that would be a question I would want to know. So that was Councillor Flagel asking about roads and numbers. I... I understood really none of that actually. To yeah. be honest, I, I know yeah. those numbers. Yeah, but yeah. Nothing, I, I not just made any sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was like gesturing yeah. at a piece of paper with another piece of paper. So if you had one of those pieces of paper, you may have been able to de decipher what he was saying. Ah, okay. But I didn't have either piece of paper, so I had no idea what was going on at this point. So the winner of the most incoherent question at council uh, yeah. this week. <laughs> even, even though, even though we, we like all the counselors, we do. Uh, sometimes yeah. the questions get a little bit odd. Yeah, and it was late in the evening. Yeah, everybody was tired and a little bit punchy by this point. <laughs> uh, and speaking of which, I think it's time to call for an adjournment. Okay. Well, I, uh, I'll motion to adjourn. Okay. Do we have any uh, seconder? Oh, I'll second that. All right, motion passed. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. This episode has been brought to you by Council Young's Unsung Mung Buns. For all your underrated mung bean bun needs, try Council Young's Unsung Mung Buns. That was not easy to say. <laughs> Music tonight has been Guidewire, a.k.a. Ryan Hill. So thanks to him. Our guest tonight, Asphalt Divia, Councilor, candidate for Ward 4, and David Chavados. Uh, 
Yes, there you go. Candidate for Ward 8. Uh, find us online on Twitter, Queen City IB, or our website, queencityib.com. You can catch our podcast on cjtr.ca podcasts or subscribe to us on iTunes. Coming up next on CJTR, the Nordcore Cabaret with Maddie V, if he's in, uh, followed by Sask Centric Electric and the Cockpit. Uh, no, 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 not the cockpit. Reeling in the years. One day I'll get that right. Anyway, in the meantime, keep on improving Regina.